Oh, and just to give you a heads up, uh, Casey's putting Max to bed at like 7.45, and he's, you know, the room is right behind me, and he often cries when she puts him to bed, so there's a good chance cool. that you're going to hear some crying mm-hmm. around 7.45. It kind of is what it is. I'm used to it. I just normally expect it's coming from you. Mm-hmm. Also, the crying that typically happens in your apartment. Yeah, well, that's me going to sleep every night. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Game Life Balance U.S., the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. We're a lifestyle podcast hosted by adult gamers, trying to juggle our hobbies with the increasing demands of the real world. Join us each week to catch up on what we've been up to lately, whether it's saving the world from space aliens or learning how to change a diaper. Check out our website for links to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and more at GameLifeBalance.us. I'm Chris from All Things Good and Nerdy, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Here we go! go through like uh alcohol phases like phases where you get like obsessed with like like do you get obsessed with a certain drink or a certain type of drink or something um like 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 you go through like like two weeks of time where where when you have your drink at the day maybe you don't have a drink like at the end i don't have a drink at the end i I don't drink often when i do you're not that that kind no no when i drink it's to get drunk blackout drunk Make out with yeah. any attractive women you buy. Or men. I mean, you're not picky when you're Mostly drunk. women. And have stories told about me. Legends, really. Um, it's about it. And now that I have a girlfriend, it's less... So that sounds really responsible. Yeah. Um, so I like drinking with I college guess... kids. That's my that's my du jour. That's my dick Or high school. Or high school kids, right? Mm, if they're old enough. That, they'd have to be pretty dumb and held back for a while. So, no, I'm referring to like... All right, like we we in my household, you know, we'll typically do like the drink or two a night, a beer, something like that. And like there there was a month-long period where all we had in the house was vodka tonic. Like we drank vodka tonics all the time. Don't know why, we just did. Like that was our drink. So I, I'm a pretty big beer guy. I like lots of different beers um, and they kind of run the gamut from... Generally, IPAs are typically my favorite. If you had, if I had to nail it down to one type of beer, but really the only beer that I do not enjoy, do not enjoy, are the very dark, stout type beers, right? Oh, like Guinness, so, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a. Li- it's just a little too heavy for me. That's not what I like my beer like. Um, and so, I, I've been drinking beer for a very long time. Like a beer has been that drink at the end of the night for probably a year or two. Where I'll have a beer every once in a while, like maybe three, four nights a week, you know? I have one or two or like seven beers. Um, well, all of a sudden, my when my family came into town a couple weeks ago, we had this big bottle of red wine. I told the story about the podcast a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, all I have wanted to drink is red wine. And this is a weird thing. I, up to this point in my life, have never been a red wine guy. I've always been a white wine guy. Like a very dry white wine all of a sudden, I'm super into reds. So, like, I went out and got and had to do a liquor run because we were having some friends over this past weekend. And Casey was like, get a couple bottles of wine. I got, like, six bottles of wine. All red. All various types of red wines. Uh, various. So, no favorites? So, Casey and I are 
I think our favorite just in general is, is a Pinot Noir. Um, but we're drinking basically everything, anything that's not sweet. We're not into sweet wines kind of at all, but, but otherwise like it's, if it's a red wine, it's on the table. Okay. So yeah, I don't know. So like, here I am enjoying my glass of red wine. I've not had that. So what are you drinking now? A Pinot? This is actually just a table wine. It's a blend. But um, generally, if like we're going to open a bottle of wine for us to share together, we our favorite to open right now is a Pinot Noir. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy blends. I enjoy Meritage, which I believe is a blend. And I enjoy like, a Chianti is nice. Chiantis are good. I actually like that too. Yeah. It's, 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 I know it's my mom's favorite. I don't know why I know that, but I do. Well, probably because there's always stuff in my house. It's because she's Italian. <laughs> I think a lot of wine's Italian. But yes... Could be. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm bad with my wines. You know, I've got Untapped, the app that lets you check in your... That's because that's because we're young. We shouldn't be drinking wine yet. That's for old people that have money. Is it? We we're not those. Barefoot wine? Yeah, but, well, that's a very fine wine. I can't afford that. Yeah. I mean, I'm typically going to the box. Four dollars? You, uh... And I do that thing, and I do that thing where typically, you know, generally we only have a couple of wine glasses because those are expensive too, and so... Most of the time, I'm just opening up either the fridge or the cupboard, wherever I'm storing my wine, and I'm I'm going underneath the box, and I'm just turning on the tap for a little while, and that's how that's generally how I drink my wine. That's horrifying. Do you mix it with Mountain Dew? That sounds that sounds like a nightmare. See, that I would do. That was the thing back in college. Franzia boxed wine and Mountain Dew to make Wineton Dew. Or Mountain Sangrua. Mountain Sangrua. Yes, Mountain, yeah, Sangrua. Mountain Sangrua. I've heard of that. Yes, it is delicious. In the wedding, in the last wedding I officiated, I toasted the bride with uh, a nice glass of, of Mountain Sangrua. And it was, it was a I moment. I think I'm just going to take your word. I think I'm just going to take your word for that. It's so think, good. Um, no, no, no. You know what? And I had our friend Russian John, who may be returning to the podcast soon. I had our friend Russian John try it once, and he said, I hate you because this is actually really good. Mic drop. Well, if if a Russian said it was good, I mean they're the utmost authority on on alcohol, aren't they? What I meant by mic drop is that if my microphone you dropped your friend Mike. Well, he had to go. It was his time. What can I say? That's sad. It was past his time. That's in sad. fact, that's sad. Yeah, I can't believe you'd do Mike like Rest that. Rest his soul. I almost named my horse Mike in uh, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess HD. Hey, we're going to talk about that, uh, aren't we? Kind of maybe near the end of the episode if, we, just if we get there. We have other stuff to talk about, though. First, we that we're going to talk about. I, I'll talk about, actually, some stuff I've done in real life shortly. But right now, we have to, we have to be topical and timely and talk about mm-hmm. current news. Or you can say it because it's your segment. No, you already introduced Wait, it. Yeah. I can't introduce it you twice. Can, that would be silly. You can, you can do I mean, I could... Cause I, I, no current news. Did you put the mic in your mouth when you did that? I mean, I, I could have. That was all right. Can't wait to hear that one. Um, on when I'm, I'm editing sure and all of the you have to fix it. all the fix it in post. All the waveforms. Yeah, I cannot fix, fix that in post. There's fix it in post. some things you cannot fix in post. Fix it. I'm sure. I'm sure you're you're great. You're gonna fix it. in well, post. Well, thank you for that vote of confidence. I blame it entirely on the wine, but there we are. So, yep. well, the current news is I haven't had that much. You know, there's a U.S. presidential election going on. I participated. It's almost as if. That was my setup for your segue. Thank you for taking that segue, thus making this a smooth transition. This a is the third sentence completing the paragraph. So, so I live in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. So ha- 
And so Stole we had door. our primary thing that happens uh, because the Democrats and then the Republicans are like picking their candidate for presidency. For our overseas listeners, American politics is dumb. We use dumb systems to elect our leaders. Uh, we have a two-party system here. The Whigs and the Tories. The Whigs are worthless. Everybody knows that. The Tories. The the Tories know know what to do. Seriously, I think Tory won the women's championship at WrestleMania 18. It's probably not spelled the same way. Um, so there's, you know, there's Democrats, Republicans, and right now the Democrats are trying to figure who their candidate's going to be. The Republicans are trying to figure out who their candidate's going to be. And in the primary process, which I've actually never participated in, uh, this, would be my, this is my first time. In the primary process, like every state gets to vote at different times, which is a little odd, but I, it makes sense. But every state gets to vote at different times. Why does it make sense? Um, over the over the course of the year, um, I was thinking. Of, I was talking to somebody about this before, and suddenly it completely flew out of my <laughs> it head. Does not make sense. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. There's doesn't make there's any sense. No reason. There's no reason why it should be. Static. I feel like there's a reason why primaries exist. Anyway, so so these states go by like week by week, um, and it was Minnesota's week a couple weeks ago, and we were like, we were part of Super Tuesday, which is the first the first voting day where like multiple multiple states vote on their candidate. And in the primaries, the Democrats, if you like declare yourself as a Democrat, you go to one place building. And if you declare yourself as a Republican, you have to go to another building. Um, and so you have to like know something about the candidates based on who you're going to declare for, right? Because like, if you don't know anything, then you don't know which building you're supposed to go to. And frankly, why are you voting in the first place, I guess, if you like literally know nothing about any we of the candidates? We could probably candidates. safely so, assume most people caucusing know which building they're going to. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It, it, it was my dude, first time doing in it. In this Who country, knows? yeah, you're right. At so, this point, I don't know. So Casey and I both declared uh, Democrat this year. Um, and so we went to, our caucus was at the high school in our city. Uh, we live in, in a city called Woodbury in Minnesota. Our caucus was in in Woodbury High School. Um, and so we decided we were going to make like a whole date night out of it. So we, we hired a babysitter. We hired a babysitter to caucus. Um, we decided we were going to go like have a happy hour, which we never get to do. So we went to a happy hour after I got off work. Um, and then the caucuses you had to... Pre-registration was from 6 to 7. And then you like the voting happened from seven to eight uh, and then the the count was done after that and they you know declared winners for your precinct whatever um so we went out and we got drinks and we got food and it was like six twenty, something like that and we were like oh well, we should probably go caucus like it's it's time to go because pre-registration is you know from six to seven so we specifically picked the bar that was like a mile and a half from woodbury high school because we wanted to be close. So we started driving down the road to get there and there's one road that goes there. It's a, it's a it's a four lane road, so two on each side. And we were about a mile away. We had kind of just turned on the road and gone maybe blocks and traffic just stopped. And we're like, what is going on? And keep in mind it's like 6:30 on a Tuesday night and tra- traffic in Woodbury is never bad ever. We were like, there must is there like an accident up there or something? And you know, five minutes later, we were like, holy crap! Like these are all people that are going to caucus. So we were backed up over a mile on this road of 
cars waiting to get into the high school parking lot. So we drove for a little while, got maybe half a mile away, and cars were turning around and coming back. And we were like, there's no way we're going to be able to go park in that parking lot. And as we got a little closer, you know, it was one of those things where kind of it cleared a little bit and we were like a third of a mile away, but we could see the high school and see the parking lot. There was zero room in the parking lot. There were cars that were going in there, turning around, coming straight out of the parking lot. So we ducked off into a side street and drove down. We had to go down like a quarter of a mile just on the side street to find a place to park. Wow. And so, you know, we're just in front of some random person's house, which I'm sure they're used to that kind of thing when, when a big event happens at the school. I'm sure they didn't care or whatever. Plus, we're on the road. We're on, you know, public property. It's whatever. Um, so that Was that your timer? We were, your time's up? You only have a certain amount of time to tell you a caucus story? We were like, holy crap. Like, this is an insane number of people. And so we had to walk. So we walked 15 minutes to get into, into the high school to where we could caucus. Um... My wife, of course, didn't expect to walk, and so she was wearing, like, no socks and flats, and it was, like, 35 degrees, because she thought we were going to be parking in the parking lot. Didn't realize there were going to be that many people. So we get into the school, and the way that the way that Minnesota does it is, if you are, like, our area served, like, 50 precincts, and so the school got divided into 50 precincts, basically, for the state. And so... It was like, you need to look at, like, where you live, and then you need to, like, go to this room. Like, your, we were precinct, like, 18 or something, and it's like, if you're 18, you need to go to room 226. How big was and this so, high school? It's enormous. It's probably a 3,500-kid high school. What? It's enormous. Yeah, it's huge. It is huge. And it was so insanely busy inside. Like, I've never seen anything like it. I can't believe how many people were there. It was nuts. It was also awesome. Like, it was really cool to see that many people, like, involved in the process. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool to see that. Uh, but we were, I mean, it was almost, it was the type of thing where you're, like, bumping shoulders when you're walking through the school. So we f- eventually found our room. It, of course, was on the other end of the school from the entrance we Naturally. went Naturally. Because that's, that's the way it would work, right? Um, and when we got in there, we got in around 6, probably 10 to 7, maybe 5 to 7. And it was standing room only. Um, every desk, because it was a high school, there were desks, they're all desks. All the desks were complete with people, obviously. Um, people were standing all along the sides. Some people couldn't even like get in the room. So my wife and I came in, we sat down on the floor in front of a couple of desks. And Minnesota is a caucus state, but it's, it's kind of like a fake caucus. Because you get in there, and there's a little bit of, of conversation that happens when you first get in there. Um... Listener, if you don't live in a caucus state or if you don't know what that is, caucuses in general are where a group of people get together for a set period of time, maybe an hour. So like from seven to eight, this group of of Democratic supporters get together in a room. Over that hour, they have the ability to talk to the other people in the room and possibly convince the people that haven't made up their mind yet as to which candidate they should vote for. And then at the end of the hour, they submit their vote. And then they go on, the votes are then counted, and then you go on your way. That's how, like, the standard caucus works. And in states like Iowa, they go stand in an area that is designated for their candidate. And there's an actual head count to determine how many people are voting on on each individual candidate. In Minnesota, it's a paper ballot. Um, but it's it, there still is that ability to, like, 
talk to people in your room. So like we still had the ability to talk to the people in the room and we had like a local politician come in who was running for Congress who kind of gave her spiel. I mean, it was like a, it was a very political process, super political process. That being said, there were so many people in in the school that they ran out of official ballots. <laughs> and so they had these blue sheets of construction paper that they had cut up with a paper cutter with like just squares and then the candidate's name. And it's like, check this box, check this box, or check this box other and then write in the candidate's name. And that was what we were voting with because like they ran out of the supplies that they were supposed to have. From what I understand, it was like record turnout, maybe in our district. I don't know if it was in like our state, wow. but in our district, it was like, it was like record turnout. Uh, so we, we just, what ended up happening is for us, we stayed in there for about 20 minutes. We talked to a couple of people um, and then we just submitted our vote. And then once you did that, unless you, unless you wanted to sit around and watch them count, uh, you could leave. And that's what we did. We left after that. Wow. So that was our that was our caucus experience, but it was it was really cool to see that many people in you know in the political process. It was cool to see like like when we walked in, there was you know this woman had to be sixty five. She had a um, a Bernie Sanders shirt on, and when the the district leader was like reading through the instructions of the caucus, anytime he like mentioned Democrat something or or liberal something she's like cheering and screaming in the in the room and it was just like people like people there was a genuine enthusiasm for it um which was I think maybe maybe a little unexpected to me as somebody who's never been in the primary process before um because like I don't know when you go like cast your vote on voting day you know it's 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 you and the lord in the voting booth right like it's just you're not talking to anybody about it, um, but like in in the primary process, it, that, that's encouraged in a caucus. So like being able to share that kind of like-minded feel, because like ultimately you're probably voting with people that have similar views to you, even if they're maybe not voting as the same candidate, because you have to vote along a party a party line basically at the in the primary. Sure. And so it was just kind of cool to see that enthusiasm for, I guess, policies that you also agree with if that makes sense yeah that's really cool and interesting and and there were and there were also it ran the gamut in terms of age and demographic in our primary like we had multiple races majority white because i live in a majority white city sure um but definitely all most races were represented most of the common races in america i would i would say were represented um and then both genders pretty much equally represented and then age groups ran across the entire line there were very elderly people there i would put them 70s 80s and then there were people in still in high school i mean there were there were students at the high school who were going to be turning 18 uh by voting day that were there as well that were caucus because they're allowed to so, vote in the primaries because they're allowed exactly because they're allowed to vote in the primaries mm-hmm. if you're if you're going to be 18 when you vote and it was really cool it was really cool that's awesome that's uh that's really cool so there were no like main speeches that were given by either by either well no because you have to you have to understand that like the way that the way that these districts are set up i mean our, our room was standing room only but there was still only like 60 people that were in there so it's not like there was like a like a a call to arms for a particular candidate or something it was just like it was it was still a relatively small gathering it was just in a even smaller room yeah that makes sense 
Well, that's exciting. So I'm glad. Ten they... out of ten. Ten out of ten. I would do it again. It was. <laughs> it was really cool. It. It was fun. It was fun. Well, um, that's really cool to hear. Um, that's really cool to hear from you. I actually cast my vote today. Uh, for Illinois, I voted early. Um, Illinois. Do you guys do the absentee or the? You guys have the week early thing or no, whatever. No, they have. It is? They, well, they. I don't know. Uh, all I know is I, I, my girlfriend wanted to meet me up for lunch downtown, so I grabbed lunch with her, and we were right by some government buildings. And I knew that one that because in Chicago I know the government buildings, right? Like I know downtown. Right. So I knew that we were we were at Daily Plaza, and I knew across the street there was a, a location that might have early voting or early registration or whatever. So I was registered. I have my card from the mail that says like, "Here's your polling place. It's the church a block north of me." Show up there on uh, Mar- on on March fifteenth. Cast your vote. Blah blah blah. It was like, well, I mean, if I'm here, then why wake up at six a.m. to go vote before I go to work next Tuesday when I can just vote here? So I went, and they had a, you can vote early here, and I gave him my name and info, and he goes, okay, sign this little form, and I signed my little form and walked in, and they gave me a voter card, and I just walked in and voted. So my vote is yeah, and actually the the earlier you vote generally is more beneficial to your candidate because they're able to tout those numbers ahead of time to influence the rest of the public who may be on the fence. Are they? So, yeah, I think so. I'm maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I just made that up. No, okay. I guess, actually, maybe not. Maybe they can just count them. Maybe they just count them along with all of the rest of the votes. At the I would the... think they count them along with all the rest of the votes. Yeah, that's probably true. So, but good try. I mean, I you almost had me there for a minute. No, yeah, Maybe. Yeah, no, that didn't actually make any sense. So, yeah, whatever. So, um, so I have voted. You have voted. That's really wonderful. My girlfriend has not voted because she's still registered in her home state, which doesn't vote until I don't even know when. Well, excuse me, but not uh, not Illinois for sure. What, what state is that? Uh, Delaware. Okay. Delaware. Is, yeah, right. Do you know when the Delaware primary votes are? I know where Delaware is. <clears throat> right. I know it's a state. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the D states. There's Delaware and then Ohio. Mm-hmm. Texas. And Texas, mm-hmm. the, the the Lone Star State. Yeah, yeah. There is one star, yeah. and that's why they call it that. Because actually, from Texas, you can only see one star in the sky, and that's the North Star. And that is how they discovered Canada, is by following it. That's how the right yeah. and right. But you have to be careful of of the others at the northern border of the United States. Like that's what the wall is there for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to keep mm-hmm. out Terrence and Philip. I will say that it was one of the highlights of my week was listening to the first episode of Game Life Balance Australia, our sister show, which they did have their first they episode. They did, which you thing. can find at gamelifebalanceaustralia.com. And they <laughs> they tried to un, not discuss, but they, they well, yeah, they kind of discussed U.S. politics a little bit. And um, from the perspective of somebody who does not live in from the, the U.S. perspective of two Australians and they... It's hilarious. You've got to. You're saying they nail. They, they nail, it. nail it. They absolutely Perfect. nail it. Also, they apparently both read the article that I wrote for Huffington Post. So these guys are awesome, and they they discussed. I, I mean, it was at like a fifth grade reading level, it, so that, it makes. I mean, that makes. I sense. do write at a fifth grade uh, reading right. level, so yeah. But um, that's pretty funny. I think they may they may both have government jobs because they've mentioned a couple times on their podcast that they can't make any statements about their government at all i guess or something along those lines so that's 
super interesting. Yeah, actually. Yeah, but I'm not. Maybe we should value our. Maybe we should value our free speech. I, well, but I'm not sure if that's paranoia or if they have really high sure. up government jobs or if they work for a candidate or something. Wait a minute. Is one of them the president? I think Australia has a prime minister. Doesn't is one of them the prime president? I think one of them may be the prime minister. If I had to guess, that's that's incredible. I would think we would maybe have more followers if we were in fact tied to the Prime Minister of Australia but you never know um, I don't know how popular of a country Australia is I'm also not sure how big American lifestyle podcasts are in um, in, in they're huge everybody knows that <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, and, and, and of course, you had to just met, you just had to mention. We just had to pick tonight to talk about caucuses and primaries because the Michigan primary is tonight as we record this episode. Which will, the Michigan primaries will have been done and all reported by the end or whatever. So now I'm of course frantically checking results because it's a very, very, very closely contested state between Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and the. Um, while it still is really not at the point where any state is a make or break the election. Um, it's an important one. It, it's an important one because they have a lot of delegates. They have 130 delegates. You need 2,000-something to get to the convention. They'll probably split them 60-70 or something similar. No one's going to run away with a huge victory here. But um, any... I mean, Bernie Sanders needs to have an edge and win, quote-unquote, some of these states in order to catch up to Clinton's number of delegates. Um, so it, it isn't it isn't important. I don't know. It's From what I've read, it's really the race, quote-unquote, starts after the 15th. I don't know what that means or why, but I don't know. I think because the, fifth, the 15th is when some of the big, the big states vote, like Florida votes on the 15th. Um, I think Ohio votes on the 15th, and those are, I think in presidential elections, those are both traditionally swing states, mm. and so they 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 also help um, kind of direct direct what that election is going to look like. Sure. Um, and so I think that, the, the, and, and they're also winner-take-all states in terms of delegates for Republicans, and so that's a really big... That's a really big deal for them as well. I don't think for Democrats. I don't think that any... I don't know if any states work that way for Democrats. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know that those are very important. Yeah. it's At least on the Republican it's side. It's an incredibly complicated process. So if you're listening to this and you're in Australia, rest assured that John and I probably know even more than the average American, and we know very little about this process. I mean, I would say we probably oh, know more than the average, I, don't you think? I know. I know why I said it makes sense that they that different states go at different times. It's so that the candidates can actually spend time campaigning in the individual states. Oh, because otherwise there are some states that would never get a chance to see them. It's the same criticism that happens when you talk about the electoral college and the presidential election. There are some states that like Texas is never going to see the Republican candidate because Texas is always goes Republican. Texas isn't going to see anybody. Like they always go Republican. So, Texas, like, the state of Texas will never get to see the presidential candidates. Right. They spend all of their time in Ohio. They spend all of their time in Florida. So that's the, that's the reason why the, the primaries are set up the way that they are, so that, that the candidates actually have, a, have the opportunity to go to the states to meet the people of the state. Sure. Although, to be fair, isn't South Carolina always a Republican state as well? I, maybe, but they still, they still have the, the ability to, to vote for both parties in terms of the primary. Even if it goes Republican every time, the Democrats there still get to a voice in who they want their candidate. Yeah, no, but you just said Texas never sees them. In the presidential election. 
Oh, so like, okay. like for the election in November, once we get our candidates set, there are states like Texas, like Arkansas, like Louisiana. Well, no, Louisiana, I think, has gone blue before. Like Texas, like Arkansas, like Mississippi. They will never, like, they're, they'll never see the presidential candidates that are there because they are generally considered, they're like, they're going to go red, mm-hmm. right? Just like New York's going to go blue. So they're never going to see any candidates in New York. Yeah, it makes sense. Illinois so, will go blue, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So that's why the primary, that's why the primaries are set up the way that they are. Okay. Well, I knew there was a reason. I just, I was drinking and, you know, that's what happens. Drinking is what happens all the time. That's, On this episode say. of Game Life Balance US. Yeah. Cool. So that was our presidential minute. Are we, when are we going to be done talking about politics? I'm already, I'm already tired of it. We, this was interesting. You participated in a process and then described it. It's not, we're not getting political. We're not talking. Well, I mean, we're not talking about issues that candidates are standing for. We're not arguing like the merits or pitfalls of Bernie versus Hillary or Trump versus Rubio right now. We're just talking about a process. I mean, yeah. Our, I will say my wife and I's vote canceled each other out, so it didn't really matter. But it was still, and we knew that going in. It's not like that was. It's not like that was an unknown to us. We talk. We're married. We converse frequently. Uh, so we knew who we were voting for, but we still we wanted to do it. I'm glad you, you did. Know? I think it. I think it matters, and it matters to show our country's leaders that people are at least voting and participating, especially young people, young millennials. Oh, the millennials always let down the politicians. The millennials never vote. I don't know. Every millennial I know has voted. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's certainly in, in Minnesota too. I mean, we had. Young people set a record around here for for the number of young people that voted in the primary. Mm-hmm. And I imagine the, the presidential election will probably be the same this year. We'll see. I'm not sure. It surprises me how far fewer people are voting in this election than the 2008... Was it 2008 or 2012? 2012 primaries? Is that what you're uh, maybe about? I'm misspeaking then. I keep hearing that less, fewer people are showing up than in the 2000X... It was probably eight because I don't know if anybody prim- I don't know if anybody ran against Barack in mm. so it was probably two thousand eight when it yeah, was probably two thousand eight. Never mind. That makes sense then. I understand why people came out. Well anyway, uh that was exciting. Let's talk about like arts. Let's be artsy and uh non political, apolitical as it were. Uh, oh, that sounds so boring. I don't like art. You don't. And yet we're going to delve into life stuff. <laughs> Okay, what art are you going to tell me about? I saw, so last last Thursday, my girlfriend gets home, we make some dinner, and we're enjoying our, our meal together, and she goes, so, well, um, what do you want to do tonight? Is cooking, is cooking art? Are video games art? What? I, we're talking about art. We're not. I'm wondering. I'm not there yet. I'm getting there. Is cooking art? So. It could be an art. We're it? eating there, and she goes, what are we doing tonight? And I go, we're going to the show that you bought tickets for and she she's she's just like oh that was tonight i don't look at our calendar ever so fortunately nice. like i mean i knew what time it was we still had time to get ready and everything but she was taken unawares about the fact that we were to be going to a performance and we were going to a show called the man who murdered Sherlock Holmes, or the man who killed Sherlock Holmes, the man who ki- wait is Sherlock Holmes dead? The man who killed him. Well, I'd hope so. He was born in the 1800s. Well, Sher- He's not a vampire. I actually, I don't think Sherlock Holmes is real. It was the man who murdered Sherlock at the Mercury Theater. Um, actually, Sh- Sherlock Holmes is not a real person. 
Actually, that's what this. So he could be. That's it. what this. That's what this thing was about. So we go to the Mercury Theater, which is this tiny theater I didn't even know existed. That's two doors down from the Music Box Theater, which is an old movie theater. It's where I saw uh, the Hateful Eight in seventy millimeter. They're doing a seventy millimeter film fest there right now. They're showing two thousand one A Space Odyssey, which you should go see. If that. I had any new drugs that I've not tried before, like magic mushrooms or something. I'd be really... T- you don't have to be on drugs when you see it. You just... I I would read about it. I, I know all it. about it. I, I watched it with my girlfriend six months ago. It's fantastic. It's fantastic when you're on drugs, I would imagine. Okay. I can neither confirm nor deny that I would know... I think we can all agree on that. ...this from fact. I'm going to do our podcast in three weeks. High out of my mind, by the way. I'm going to be in Colorado. And that's what people do in Colorado. They get real high because it's legal there. And I can what say that... What are you doing that. in Colorado? I didn't break a law. What are you doing in Colorado? Word. Taking a break. A spring break. Spring breakers. You're going to spring break in Colorado? Remix. I didn't tell you this? No. Well, oh, because we don't talk anymore because Mr. Manager at work is on, on the G-chat so, uh, as much. Well, that's cool. Are you going to visit Logan? Um, Kind of. Yeah. So Casey's got a week off for spring break. And I actually, we I wanted to do something kind of outdoorsy because we don't get to here. And I originally really wanted to go to Utah and go hiking in their national parks, which are awesome. But everything we looked at was too expensive. And then I was just like, you know what? We know everybody. We know tons of people in Denver. So let's go. Do you really? Yeah. Uh, well, my, co- my cousin Alex is there. Oh, sure. And his sister Stephanie just moved there, who also happens to be my cousin, small world. And, and Logan, one of our really good friends. And I guess Logan's got some extra room, so we're actually going to stay with him. Uh, and we have a car rented, but we're going to go check out Boulder, and we'll go see Alex. We're going hiking with Alex for a day. It's his birthday that week. Um, and I'm sure I know a couple of other people there, too, that we might see. But, um, but yeah, we're just going to be a week in Denver, do a little hiking, um, just get high every day because it's all people in Colorado do all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because weed, marijuana is legal in, in Denver. Did you know did, that? Did you say you killed Sherlock Holmes? What? Is that what this play was about? Killing Sher- you killed Sherlock Holmes? No. Why didn't Denver come up? Oh, get some, who knows? That was yeah. That, I don't know how we got there. So what a tangent. So we end up at this show. Uh, oh, Music Box 2001. Blah blah blah. Anyway, we're in this small theater, the Mercury Theater, and it's called The Man Who Murdered Sherlock Holmes. And we're like, great. And it's this cute old old theater, really cute small Chicago theater, really comfy seats. That's a weird thing to say, but they were really comfy. And regular, like, you know, auditoriums, movie theater, uh, theater style seating, but really comfortable. And we sit there, and five minutes in, she didn't know this, but it was a musical. So she not only forgot that we were going to the show, which was hilarious, but also she didn't know it was a musical, which was more hilarious. And I love musicals. Oh, yeah. Let me rephrase that. I love musicals. Okay. Because I'm a teenage girl. And... She does not always, so it took her a couple a couple numbers to adapt, but I was really into it. And the premise is Sir Arthur Conan Doyle kills Sherlock Holmes in one of his stories. And apparently this really happened. So you don't know anything about Sherlock Holmes. I know a little bit. I mean, bit. you know like 221B Baker Street. Have you read any Sherlock Holmes? No. I've only seen him portrayed in various works of fiction. Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, movie, You're a Cumberbitch, aren't you? Who's that? You're a Cumberbitch. What's a Cumberbatch? Female fans of Benedict Cumberbatch that want to have sex with him. I'm not female. <sighs> you are so young and precious. Boy, I am. I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> this is um, a- <laughs> wait, is he Sherlock? 
He's Spock. I know he's. I know. Wait, wait that's that's Zachary Cueto. Who's Spock? <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I meant he's Khan. Yes, I know. I know who he is. I'm not saying I don't know who Benedict Cumberbatch is. I don't. Is he also Sherlock? He played Sherlock in the BBC. He plays Sherlock in the BBC series Sherlock, which is a very good. I've heard series. that's a really good show. I've heard it's. I've heard it's excellent. I haven't watched it. That's why I don't know what a Cumberbatch oh, okay. is. Okay, well, you now, well, now we're there. See, I'm bilingual. I can get it. Our Australian. Oh, you, I see. So you understand English and American? No, I yes, I understand English. Yes, like our Australian colleagues can understand. English and Australian. I, I speak Australian English. so I could understand their podcast. I know you're not bilingual, so if you listen to their podcast, so you're trilingual. Uh, technically, yes, I speak English, American, and Australian. Wow, yeah, it's a challenge. It's impressive. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I eat Asian food. Actually, I was told on Twitter that I need to say something Australian in this episode, and now I need to find that. But while I'm looking for this tweet, I'll continue. So. Why did I mention... Okay, so you don't know a ton about Sherlock Holmes. Neither do I. I've read one or two of his stories. Uh, they were, you know, eh, 8 out of 10, I guess. No, they were good. And in one of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories, he kills Sherlock Holmes. And in the opening scene of this musical, it's all these people are walking around the streets and they're all furious and, you know, you can't kill Sherlock Holmes. Oh my gosh, we're going to basically grab pitchforks and uh, attack you. And I guess this happened in real life. Wait, wait, wait. Are we in, are we in the real world or are we in the world of Sherlock Holmes right now? Well, it's the author, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So we're in the real world. Got it. Okay. So people are upset at Sir Arthur Conan Doyle right now. Yes. Got it. Okay, now I'm with you. And this, and, and apparently, and like people are literally grabbing pitchforks and basically, pretty kind of want to kill him because um, he killed Sherlock Holmes. And I guess this happened in real life. This was a thing. Like this actually occurred that people were completely outraged and furious that he killed off this fictional character. So what you're saying is that's proof that fandom for specific products has run deep for. Hundreds of years, apparently, yeah. Because there are people, there are people that would kill other people for their fictional characters in our lives right now. So yes, no, it's good to know that that's always been that way. It, it actually provoked what I thought was an interesting discussion between my girlfriend and me um, regarding kind of ownership of fictional characters. Did you ever see the People versus George Lucas, for example? No. Okay, really great documentary, and it's about uh, it. It delves into kind of the mythology behind Star Wars and how angry the fans were after the prequels, and it gets into this idea of who owns the characters once once Star Wars kind of enters a mythology and becomes part of someone's lives and and almost part of a cultural identity. Then it's almost like the it is argued in the documentary that it's almost like the creator loses some of that ownership, or maybe a better word would be relinquishes some of that ownership to the general public. Or to a more like broad ownership, um, so it's it's a really interesting documentary. So go go watch. You should you should check it out. You'd find it interesting. It's 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 just it, George Lucas isn't even interviewed in it, of course. But it's basically about like kind of this, the same thing. Basically, people pissed at George Lucas for ruining Star Wars or destroying Star Wars, and you know, saying Han shot first changes my entire concept of this fiction and of this character and all that and then anyway arthur conan doyle dealt with this so yes for hundreds of years people have gotten unreasonably furious when something happens to a fictional character so um 
and then it goes from there and it's it's uh, it's it ends up becoming a murder mystery and Sherlock Holmes himself is a character in it and it turns out that Sherlock Holmes is a real character from a parallel world that actually talks to Arthur Conan Doyle and dictates his own stories to him but when Arthur Conan Doyle decided to kill Sherlock Holmes he went off book and wasn't listening and he just went like rogue and wrote his own story so Sherlock Holmes shows up in this like apparition and basically says like you can't do it's that like hey jerk yeah and then he helps him solve the case because of course okay um it's cute it was really good and it was really fun but i thought it was uh i thought it was interesting and it it kind of sparked that conversation of of which i mean the most interesting part to me was sparking that conversation of yeah what point does a character kind of become the audience's almost and some would argue never others wouldn't i don't know what i would argue i don't think i would argue i don't think i would argue. i'm not an arguer a philosophical discussion meant for really really intelligent people i don't argue like to keep the peace really intelligent people i think that the author both relinquishes control doesn't relinquish now we're all happy so it's the kind of discussion that really intelligent people would have i'm not sure if i said that already or not i like pictures so speaking of pictures, this actually has nothing to do with pictures whatsoever, but uh, I, I found that tweet that I was talking about from a week ago. <clears throat> Apparently I'm supposed to say, G'day mate, and that makes me sound Australian. So, G'day mate, but I think I'm supposed to say it more Australian-ish. You, I mean, you did say that you spoke three languages, Australian, English, and American. I have to so, come clean about and, something. And I believe I believe. I you. have to come clean about something that you can corroborate. Okay. Anytime I try to speak British or Australian or any variation thereof, even remotely, I immediately deteriorate into Cockney. You do every time. That's actually it's <laughs> actually a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent true. I told you this. Is, yeah. So now your cock now your Cockney is excellent. <laughs> right. It's the only dialect I have. So I mean, I could say like "Good day, mate." But then if I tried to continue the sentence, it would be something like, Good day, mate. Oh, like, oh, but no, ship on the barbie yeah. gun. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. Yeah. I, every it's time. It's really bad. I, I would love to hear our Australian uh, colleagues. Are they colleagues? I don't know what they are. I don't know what our relationship is. I don't either. It's... Uh, it's, it's um complicated it's complicated it's, it's our, a complicated that's our complicated relationship that's our facebook status i like it's, that it's complicated yeah well um i would love to hear them do an american accent i hope it includes guns because i'm sure that's a thing that would happen my i mean that's i think that's the general perception of america so my girlfriend and i had did notice while watching doctor who anytime there were americans it was always in a military context they always had guns Every single time, without fail, the Americans had guns. And they were always really groth. Yeah. Ah, this country. I don't know. Uh, Do they have beards? They all have beards? They did, didn't they? In America? No, not. they didn't always show us Americans with beards. God knows there's none on this podcast. That'd be weird. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, so that's what I did this week, so that was kind of fun. So next week, I'll get a little bit into um, uh, Twilight Princess HD, which I just got, which I'm excited to be playing. Cool and 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 we might we might talk we might talk about uh, an actual game we might go full gamer next week yeah we might get for a podcast that has a game life balance the last couple of weeks have been very lifey I think next week may be gamey but we'll see I don't know something could yeah. happen that could be exciting cool. I, I never really do I'm going to Madison this weekend to play board games you're coming to Chicago to play board games this weekend so that's, that's weird a, are you actually going to Madison yeah 
Oh, well, it actually worked out really well. Yeah, I know. You get to be in my area while I leave. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah. Board games are all right. Board games are pretty all right. Uh, although They're all right. I'm sure, I'm sure I'll have a lot to talk about next week when, uh, when I talk about my trip to Chicago. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk stuff so in some games and whatever. But in the meantime, for people that do want their nerdy uh, fix uh, slash... No, I guess that's pretty mm-hmm, much what mm-hmm. I meant. Pretty much what I meant. Nerdy fix? Well, yeah, we are members of the Gunna Geek Network. And actually, before I talk about the Gunna... Well, this is part of... T- Let me say something. Can I say something? Is it all right? I'm waiting. Can I say something? Can I say something yep, right I'm now? I'm waiting. On, I'm say it right now. On Friday, March 18th... Why does this promo say do not read after March 31st? The promo... The panel is on March 18th. I'm telling you. Amateurs. Uh, so... Um, on Friday, March 18th, at C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, Gunna Geek Network is going to present a podcasting panel called Everyday Podcasting for Your Everyday Life. Actually, Gunna Geek Network presents Everyday Podcasting for Your Everyday Life. I'm going to be on that panel! Um, so that's really cool, along with other members of the Gunna Geek Network. The, wow. the list of names is not in front of me, so I won't try to remember them all because if i forget one then i'll get a lot of crap for it but i will be one of the people that's all you really need to know to keep you away but there will be four or five other people which is all you should need to get you into it so if you're listening and you ever consider podcasting um this is the panel to go to so on this special panel members of the network from all across the country quite literally will share their secrets of podcasting including all the challenges involved and how it affects their day-to-day lives and if you're interested in podcasting, whether you're a casual or professional, then this is one panel you definitely don't want to miss. So join the Gunna Geek Network at C2E2, the Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo, on Friday, March 18th. And that's a very exciting piece of news for the network, of which we are a part. And uh, it is a shame that you're... It would have been cool if you just happened to have next Friday off and we're coming in that weekend. Here we are. Here we are. <sighs> oh, wait, because next weekend you'll be getting drunk for St. Patrick's Day. That doesn't happen that much around here. That's not true. Everybody gets drunk for St. Patrick's Day now. That's like the thing you do. That's probably true. Uh, what else? Running again. What are you? That sucks. What's running? I really like you started it. Running. Running. Yeah. Like I really like it, but it also sucks. No, running sucks. It? Nothing is fun about running. Yeah, you ran. You ran for a while. I ran cross country for four really years. Like it was it. terrible. It also sucks. Oh, also the other thing we did was we set up. Uh, we set up uh, MartinCon. So listener. Be prepared for a large discussion about that in May. Uh, I got a lot of people coming to my house in May to do some fun stuff. So, probably see a live episode, I would think. Think probably we'll do a live episode then. That would be cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. So, yeah. So, lots to look forward to. And uh, if you want to get more of a geeky fix on the Gun and Geek Network this week, you can check out Tyrion's Landing. Episode 96 is out, and in the latest episode of Tyrion's Landing, Jeannie and Nikki discuss their theories of what the first full Game of Thrones trailer means. And that's on episode 96, trailer time of Tyrion's Landing. You can check out gunnageek.com uh, to, to find Tyrion's Landing and lots of other cool podcasts. Geeky podcasts. Am I allowed to say cool if they're geeky? Or are they cool because they're geeky? Are you, I don't actually know. I'm not sure either. Uh, do you, have you, are you excited about the new Game of Thrones season? Um, I don't... I honestly don't... Watch, like, Casey and I watched the first season of it and then haven't watched it since. So are you worried so. that it'll be ruined for you? Because you read them, as do I. I feel obligated I, you know, to watch the show so that... I... I th- I think I'm. I think I'm okay with just, just being part of the 
the book's story. Like, whatever story that is, I think that's the one I want to follow. They're pretty similar. I know. I know. We watched the first season. I agree. But I think just, I think I want the books to be the Game of Thrones for me. Because those will always be the Game of Thrones. But what if you hear at the end of next season something like, I don't know, oh, Daenerys came to Westeros and killed all of the Lannisters. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to hear that. And maybe, and if I do, it, it's still okay. I'll still be able to read the books and enjoy them. You're sure. a different person than me. You're not me. <laughs> this is true. And thank God. Yeah, there can only be one really tall, attractive uh, sex between us. <laughs> if I may say so. I think, I think this is the part of the show where I say, thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast. The American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can, uh, you can find us at Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeek.com, or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at WGNplus.com. Gunna Geek. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at GameLifeBalance.us. Australia, I am governor. <laughs> God. They don't say governor. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> oh, that, that's it. So, I thought you had more to read. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing else. Listen to you say, Governor. <laughs>